0: Being no stranger to death, I spent a lot of time contemplating eternal life as a child. Yes, it should have been obvious that I would go into this line of work. Anyway, I was assured by adults I trusted that because of Jesus, I would have life in heaven with him and God once I died. But as a seven-year-old, I couldn't figure out if this was really reassuring. Have you ever sat around and really considered eternity? It can be a very scary thing to think about. I used to lie awake late at night, pondering what this eternal life thing was really going to be like. I mean, do we ever really stop thinking? What if I get bored? What if I don't like the people in heaven? What if heart playing just really isn't my thing? What if the whiteness of the fluffy clouds hurts my eyes? Do I get to take naps? Will I get to read books? As a child with a big imagination, I used to ask my mom and dad all of these crazy questions about eternal life. And like most parents, they did the best they could. I don't remember which parent ultimately gave me an answer that allowed me some peace, but finally, exasperated, one of them told me, eternal life is not going to be like life on earth. You won't even notice time is passing, and everything will be awesome because God is there. While I was still curious about how they knew that, I was willing to accept that maybe my brain wasn't quite able to accept eternal life yet, and that I could just go ahead and trust God on this one. The prologue of John makes me feel the same sense of wonder and awe that eternal life did as a child. So far this Christmas season, we have focused on the tangible, the historical. Joseph and Mary came from Nazareth and went to Bethlehem. There, seven-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus was born in a stable and wrapped in whatever material they could find. Shepherds appear to tell the new parents what they've heard about Jesus. The end. It's all very earthly and concrete. It's familiar and almost comfortable. But John takes us from the birth to the incarnation. John tells the perspective not of mortals, but of God. John's writing is not historical or factual. John's writing is poetic, and it's full of mystery. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John's prologue is not about the facts, John's words are about the images. You can almost see the swirl of the cosmos as you hear the words of John. John's prologue is about the feeling of Jesus, the feeling of light, warmth, radiance. John's prologue is about the mystery of Christ. Yes, Christ entered this world as a baby, a small infant child, and the birth of a child is amazing in its own way. But really, It's a common occurrence. However, this tiny baby housed God himself. This divine being, God who had been around since before the universe was born, would for a time become human and would experience all of the worldly things we too experience. Hunger, fear, joy, suffering, and death. John skips the earthly, the mortal, and takes us straight toward contemplating the magnificence of the divine. But that's not where John ends. Every year I get a kick out of trying to find the perfect kids' gifts on Amazon to send far and wide to our friends' kids. Most of them are still very young, and I am not a good judge of age appropriateness. So these kiddos end up with some pretty interesting gifts from Aunt Lisa and Uncle Jordan. This year I was tickled to find a whole set of science books for toddlers. They were on sale and I figured at least the nerdy parents I was sending them to would get a kick out of them. So I hit the buy now button on the books. Quantum physics for babies, organic chemistry for babies, and general relativity for babies. Well, next time we visited, the toddler in question ran over with her new books and demanded I read them aloud. (laughs) Now, I don't understand much about quantum physics, organic chem, or general relativity. But sure enough, these books actually did a decent job of breaking down incredibly complicated scientific concepts into something I could almost make sense of. I can't say I understood any of these subjects fully afterward, but I at least gained some understanding where I had none before. And this is where John goes with the birth story of Jesus. He starts with the mystery and the beauty of God, and then tells us that this word, this abstract, this divine being, became man. In fact, a man we have met and who has revealed the mystery of God to us. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, give us Jesus, the man with a little divine thrown in. Only Luke gives us the story of Jesus' birth. But John, John gives us Jesus as God come down as mortal for a time. John connects the divine, the timeless, the all powerful God, and the fragile mortal man that will hang on the cross in 30 years. John gives us life and light and grace and truth. And all of it is found in the man of Jesus. John takes the huge task of describing God, of describing God's work through Jesus and makes it accessible for those of us sitting in these pews this morning. Where there may have been no understanding before, John helps us to catch a glimpse of the divinity of Christ. We can get hung up on the mystery of the human and divine natures of Jesus. And in fact, we wouldn't be the first Christians to do so. The division of the Eastern and Western churches, the fights at many of the councils, And many of our denominational divides were fights over how best to define the mysterious nature of God. And while it may be easier to think of Jesus as a 7-pound, 8-ounce baby lying in a manger somewhere, we would be shortchanging God. Yes, Jesus came into this world as a baby. And Jesus came into this world as God. And it is only because Jesus entered the world as both mortal and deity that he was able to offer us salvation. It is only because Jesus entered this world as human and divine that we have access to this life, this light, this truth, and this grace. And it is only because Jesus entered the world as mild infant and undefinable God that we can have eternal life.